This is a podcast from Minute Media. <laughs> it would be a wolf, but I. Hello, 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 and welcome to this week's episode of the Wolves Fancast. It's a jam-packed episode this week, ladies and gentlemen, because we're reviewing the defeat to Arsenal and previewing the um, upcoming game against Spurs as well. So there's plenty to talk about. As always, a big shout-out to 90 Min um, Football Network as well, which we're part of. Uh, Joining me, me today... I've not got one, I've not got two, but I've got three new cast members tonight with me, guys. Um, I've got Tom. Hi, guys. I've got Jiffo. Hi, guys. And I've got Steve. Hi, guys. I was going to say, how are we all feeling after last night's game? We all sort of... bit deflated. bit, yeah. bit deflated. Yeah. yeah. I, I always, sorry, I always tend to be very philosophical when we've lost. I uh, start to look at the bigger picture and um, start to think how wonderful everything has been, and it tends to get me over the losses quite well. So that's my tactic. I always look at the bigger picture and forget about the short-term think thoughts. So that's how I deal with it, anyway. I think that's probably the most sensible approach. I'm slightly questioning if you're a Wolves fan, to be honest, Steve, in the grand scheme of things, rather than it going into it. Did, did I hear you ask if I question me being a Wolves fan then? Is that what you said? <laughs> I am the most biggest Wolves fan ever, and I'll challenge anybody up to beat that. I, I eat, sleep and drink Wolves and have done since I was eight. So there you go. <laughs> Well, I was going to say, that feeds quite nicely, Steve, um, into, I guess, sort of chatting a little about you to start with. Um, Because for any of you who don't know, uh, Steve was the Wolves, uh, well, Wolfie mascot in the 90s. Um, So you were kind of, I guess, part of some infamous incidents in, uh, I was going to say, in a Wolves top, in a Wolves costume we're going to go for. I think I, I, I tend to look at it as the guy that ruined mascots for everybody else after me, basically. <laughs> That's what I did. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it, it was um, a wonderful... If anybody ever gets the opportunity to do it, do it, because it's the best fun ever as a fan. It really is. But So that, that's pretty much my life story now. But uh, it's absolute great fun, and I'm so glad I did it. Um, and I love talking about it. So, um, yeah, here I am. To talk about it when you want to. So, thank you for inviting me on. Our, our pleasure. I mean, I always don't want to start with a big story, but I, I, I can't not. Um, the game against Bristol City. Oh, that one. You want to yeah. talk about that one? Yeah. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, well, uh, if anybody was around at the time, um, they might be able to remember that we didn't do just something occasionally. We had something planned for pretty much every single game. Um, mm. And the, re- the reason for that was my dad, bless him, he's not with us now, but he was a magician. And okay. um, yeah, so I grew up sitting behind the stage uh, watching dad 
fire eat and disappear ducks and all sorts of things. So me and Dad used to pretty much plan something for every single game. Uh, we found it great fun. We actually asked if we could bring a duck on the pitch, which obviously wasn't allowed, uh, but we pretty much tried everything. So the, the, the Bristol City one was just another one for us. In fact, I went for tea at my mum's and never even mentioned it. You know, uh, It wasn't as big a deal as we realised it was going to be. Um, but, yeah, we had great fun. All sorts of things happened for all the different games. And um, I think just to put it in a nutshell, um, I start, I don't drink, believe it or not, I don't drink. Um, and it used to be a bit of a problem with all my mates in the South Bank because mm. I've always been the boring one, in fact. A bit of a nutcase because I was a goalkeeper. But I used to sit and watch Gavin Kidd at half-time with his entertainment, um, who was before me. And... and still to this day the guy that I tried to copy um, and so when I got the chance to do it uh, I, I didn't turn it down but but that was basically why I did it and I just wanted to um, show all the fans that sat on uh, coach one that there was more to seeing the Wolves lose every week and so that was what we did I used to get a round of applause when I jumped back on coach one after getting beat by Stoke away 3-0 and and that was what it was all about just just trying to keep the peckers up and that's why I absolutely love it now because more often than not, we're all in a great place and we don't need Wolfie to be crazy anymore because we've got the football to enjoy. So there you go. That's And just to quickly, sorry, just to quickly answer your question about the Bristol City game, um, I used to take a ball with me. I got it off the club shop with Wolfie all over it. And it, hmm. I brought a guy onto the pitch at the time and we had a bit of a penalty shootout and Bless him, he booted my ball clean out the ground, so I've got no football to <laughs> juggle. I've got decent left foot, and I used to juggle it on my left foot. So I was stuck, and I saw the pigs down the other end. I thought, oh, I'll go and get the ball off them, and, and the rest is history, as they say. So that's how it all happened. There you go. That's the story. That's amazing. I mean, you're, yeah. you, you, you're completely right in terms of mascots and things like that, and I think definitely over that period... <laughs> I, I, Football sort of these days, and that makes me sound like really old, uh, and it's not kind of meant to, uh, but it is a bit more sanitised, and it it's supposed to be fun to go to a game. You're supposed to enjoy yourself. You're supposed to have a laugh, and it can be in a load of different ways. But, you know, and it, it wasn't just yourself in that time as well. I know um, my, my in-laws are big Swansea fans, and but there was of time of character shall we say so it, it, it's interesting like you say with you know the the stuff around the say sort of bristol city and you know with west brom and stuff like that that, that it, it is kind of set in stone for a lot of wolves fans who grew up in that time period i'd say well, i don't know um, the, other, the other guy sorry i don't know what the other guys sort of see mascots at the, at the games whether they have any interest in it at all i'll be interested to know whether you guys even look for wolfie now do you they do in the fan zone don't they i think now you see i see them when i'm walking um through the subway and then on the left hand side they've got that fan zone they're in there quite a bit and then i think they spend most of the time down on the family enclosure and the billy yeah. right but yeah, that's yeah. about the extent of it they're never on the pitch anymore or anything like that no yeah. that's yeah. why i remember it back yeah. in the day the, the the thing is um at the time when I was there, I was sort of battling with walls, just discussing it more than anything. That I really want, to, whatever I've done in life, I've done some crazy stuff. Um, I always really got into it big time, almost obsessive, you might say. And I went to Wolves and said, look, we should have a little comic for the kids to read about Wolfie, little mm -hmm. stories. 
and we should really make something of this. I, I think they thought this guy's a bit of an upcase and he's, he's taking it too far. But I just felt, because going back to Gavin Kidd and me not drinking and sitting watching half-time, at half-time, what do you do? You stand in the queue for a pie, you don't usually get one, or you have a little chat, or you flick through the programme, or you see some guy, some fat guy trying to hit the crossbar or something. And I always said, why don't we do more? And I really wanted to make something of it. I've got all sorts of crazy ideas, probably too wacky for Wolves at the time. I just wish I'd have seen what I've seen on, on the internet now, what the Americans do. I don't love the Americans, but they've got it so right with mascots. They set stooges up on the side of the pitch. They do dance-offs. And it's hilarious. And I just think for the money, why, why not try and add to the occasion? And that, that was what it was all about for me. And in the end, I pretty much got voted out. And unfortunately, I couldn't do what I wanted to do. But that's the whole story behind it, really, what went on. Yeah, I think you're right, Steve. Yeah. Yeah. To be honest, I, mean, I, think, I think you're right. I think it's, it's, it's not only that, it's a good way to get that next generation through. Mm. It's like yeah. to get them interested because a lot of the time when the kids are they're, they're so young, they don't know what they're watching anyway. Yeah. So just yeah, have true. something they can laugh at and have a, you know and enjoy and just you know. Yeah, I, I, took, I, took, my lad, I took my lad recently. He's five. Mm. You know, his first game I took him to, and um, yeah, yeah he, he, I said, "Oh, you meet Wolf," and he wanted to know all about it. And then when we saw him, he was really excited. And like you say, yeah. it's almost as exciting as the football for them because at that age, like I say, it's just it's just an easy in to get them into it. And, and just one, sorry, just one other thing that really drives me crackers is I'm pretty sure there's a guy in the Wendy suit now, and it bothers me immensely because I think it's I, I, no disrespect to whoever is in there, but if you're going to do it, do it properly, you know. And, and it just doesn't look right to me at the moment. My wife used to do Wendy, and um, she had me doing yeah, she had me doing stupid dances and everything. I didn't really want to do them, but again, it, it was part of the deal for that to do it. I was going to say, but it, it makes sense, doesn't it? Because you have that. Um... I was going to say that chemistry, and you can have that sort of back. Oh and no, forth. We, we, we've been married for gonna... five years. We've got no chemistry. <laughs> <laughs> she, she doesn't really. She doesn't really like football, to be honest. She's she's been a football widow since the day she met me. So bless ah. her. When Wendy Wolf cropped up, I said, "There's only one person going to do it, and that'll be my wife." And she had, she had no choice really. But there yeah. you go. I was going to say that that that's incredible. I was going to say I could happily kind of fill a podcast and have a full. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I always no, take over. My apologies. No, no, no. Honestly, I'm I'm genuinely. I, I, we could do this for another half an hour. Um, and we might have to do one at a later date, just because. Well, you know, all I'll say is the stories are endless. I've got bags of things that happened at games, all sorts of stuff. If ever you want to do more. I love talking about it. So if One you fact. want to, we'll end it now. But by all means, there's so many stories to tell. You know everybody. what? We'll do a special podcast on it. And we can dedicate, we can dedicate a full hour to it. Because, you know, <laughs> five you. Sound, I was going to say, because by the sounds of it, I reckon, I, well, you've been a Wolves fan for years as well. There's going to be stories out. We'll do a special stories from the pack of it as well. It only makes sense, guys. Pretty, um, pretty, much, pretty much 50 years I've been a Wolves fan. And I was uh, on the books from the age of 15. Um, I've stewarded for them. I've uh, played with all the players at Castlecroft, and my life has been Wolves. Trust me. So uh, yeah, I've got Fantastic. a lot. I've got a story. Awesome. Thank you. Awesome. That, 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 I was going to say that we're, we're going to have fun doing a uh, doing a proper show on on that. Good. Okay. Um, Shall we talk about the game then? Sorry, lads. Let's talk. About that. <laughs> yeah. Let, 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 right. 
I was going to say, in a way, we always don't, have to, don't want to, but right, um, we'll, we'll do the, I guess, the, the less points. So for this game, although Wolves did lose, there were some interesting parts in it um, throughout the game. I mean, go, going, I guess, from the starting lineup, um, a couple of sort of interesting changes um, from the from the Norwich game in the Cup. Um, Matinho was um, out injured. Um, Marcel comes back in. Trincao comes back from COVID. Um, Jeff O, what were your sort of thoughts when you saw the lineup come out at well six forty-five? I thought uh, you're surprising. I'm surprising Ike Nuri didn't start for one, but I think Totti Gomez has been awfully hard done by because the games that he's played while Sais has been at the Afcon, he's been solid. He's made a couple of mistakes, but he's brand new to the Premier League, so he's he's, he's not going to be. Perfect, but I think he's been totally hard done by to, to pull him out straight away, even given how Sace has done this season. But yeah, it's a real, it was a real shame to not see uh, Moutinho uh, there because of the injury. Yeah, I think, um, you know, with, with uh, Gomez first, Tom, would you have gone, would you happy with Sace starting and coming straight back in, or against it? I, I was similar to yourself, Jeff. I'd have kept him just because he's not done anything to warrant dropping, I guess. Yeah, it, it didn't surprise me that he was in, that Sace was in at all, to be honest. I, I did sort of half think it was going that way. Um, toss of a coin for me. I, I, I thought you could have argued with either case. I mean, Sace was brilliant before he went away. So, um, the, the, with, on, the, on, the, on the Marcel one, the 8 Nori one, I, I, mean, t- I had two sort of thoughts with that one. I, I think... We've seen with eight Nori struggles, I think, when he has relentless games. So I don't know if this mm. was one of the ones where they wanted to sit him out. You know, we've seen him go off a cramp quite a few times. And I think he he, do, he does blow himself out. I mean, he covers a lot of ground on that side. But, you know, the thought I had, well, if he's playing the three up front and the two in the middle, whether you just wanted Marcel to add a little bit more steel at the back, potentially. Because, um, I mean, it was pretty much the United lineup, wasn't it? Bar, bar de Donker for Matinho. Maybe he was just yeah. trying to replicate that a little bit, potentially. Yeah, I think... Um... I'm a big fan of Aitnor. I think he's got a hell of a lot of potential for someone who's already really high quality. Um, but he's not quite nailed on first choice at the moment in Larger's mind. He's in, he's in a bad position, really, because he's, he's had all this time. And Ruben Vinagre had the same thing, where he had all the time to nail down that spot. And now, now Johnny's back. Yeah. So what's going to happen? Well, yeah, we, we don't got know. Pe- he's wet. Is Johnny going to go back into his normal position? Is he going to um, have to rotate with Marcel? And because Marcel's got the versatility, Marcel can play centre back because he did that for Leon in that in that run to yeah. the semi final in the Champions League. But we have, we don't we know Johnny can play both sides, but I know he's got no versatility because he can't play as a forward because he's not mm. doing it. So it's it's how he, how his progress now is might be stunted. By us having one of our proper players back, we, yeah. we don't know where we're going to go. I think, um, but the, the Johnny, um, I, I was surprised to see him on the bench because um, it sort of seemed a little bit out of nowhere. Steve, you got to be sure for Johnny to cut, to be back on a, back in the squad after you know another big spell out. Sorry, I missed the question. <laughs> you got to be happy to uh, see Johnny back in the squad after a big injury layoff. Uh, yeah, I, I was just—I was miles away then because I was just thinking about how uh, Bruno picks the side, and I think what it what it seems to me um, is they always play safe. 
um, this, this thing with Marcel uh, rather than Aitnuri against Arsenal. When you really think about it, Aitnuri's the sort of player you bring on when you're stretched a little bit, or you want to you, you want to sort of try and get yourself back in a game or something. But to start off, when you're picking the side. I can see why they would go for Marcel just to keep it safe. Safe, Bolly, Toti, I think again is the same. Played safe, put safe back in again. Um, obviously, we all missed Moot. Uh, we would have preferred to have had Moot in there. But it's just safety first with the, mm. with the team lineups. Whenever I'm looking, I think it's certainly against a team like Arsenal. They're just going to put a line out that's, that, that's nice and safe, really. I was going to say, you, you, you've raised a really interesting point about Arsenal. In general, I'm kind of keen to hear all your thoughts. To be fair, um, like almost, where do you rate Arsenal? Because Neves came out afterwards and said, obviously, that they've kind of changed in the last ten years in how they celebrate a victory against Wolves, and that they're not, I guess, seen as being one of those top like top four teams anymore. Um, it's interesting to say you. I think you're you're completely right, Steve. That we've gone safety first with a bit more of a defensive shape in terms of Marcel. Sorry, I I don't really think we're, or certainly weren't last night particularly defensive. No. Um, We certainly went for it, didn't we? Which is nice and and, and refreshing. It's what we all want. Um, I just think, as I say, picking players when when you've got the opportunity to pick a young lad that will kick on. Uh, against Arsenal. But your question about Arsenal, it brings me back to my philosophical side when we lose. Um, looking at it on a more positive note, uh, us and Arsenal, okay, what's Arsenal? Okay, big club in London that spend absolute extortionate amounts of money over the years um, and should be right up there. And then there's little old wolves that have come from nowhere and are starting to progress. And then you look at that game last night, Arsenal were absolutely petrified of us. You could see mm. it in their eyes. They were worried, sick. They could not lose that game. They were so defensive. It was untrue. And that just that just makes it for me. That shows where we're at. OK, we're not quite there yet. We're not quite big enough to win those games. But, hell, we're starting to scare some people. And, and Arsenal were scared last night. They were very scared. Yes, I mean, since when did they turn into Burnley? Like, overnight, like, I couldn't believe it. Like The time-wasting literally from minute one, which was bizarre. I mean, I thought maybe it was just a damp in the crowd down, you know, Molyneux under the lights has got a reputation, which is which is good, um, you know, for, for being a hard-hitting like, atmosphere. And maybe they were just using that to sort of, you know, slow the game down, slow the tempo, kill the crowd. But I, I, couldn't, I couldn't believe it. You know, they were just, as I say, the, the amount they were going down, they were taking about, you know, a minute or two for every throw in it was a bit bizarre to me i've never seen an arsenal team like that before yeah it kept ringing in my head arsenal the land of the three minute throwing it's yeah. in my mind yeah. for quite some time after but yeah i mean uh, and that's what they had to do and that's what they were told to do and fine it, it paid off they got the win i just look at the two sides and think you know what we're, we're not in a bad place us wolves now because we're actually going for it we're not scared i'm not i, no. I really i'm not scared of any of these teams anymore and it's been a long time, like I say, 50 years of following Wolves since I've been able to sit in that ground and say that about anybody we play now. Bring them on, you know, which is great. Yeah, yeah I, think I think it's sad. Like, the sad state of affair, really, for Arsenal, that they have to lower themselves to like those sort of antics to try and, you know, destroy the game against us. That was it's, scared. It's, it, that, literally, you're right. They were scared. Yeah. Because now they've gone from that team that Wenger had, where they were everyone, it was flying wingers and everyone was pushing forward. It was lovely, beautiful football. And now they're just like a knockoff B Tech Man City. 
with mm. Pep Guardiola's right hand man. Yeah. Trying to get to be this team that presses and put pressures on and, and the way yeah. that they move the ball in the box is a lot like City. But that they've spent money on nothing and they've gone backwards. Mm. And it's, yeah. it's 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 actually heartwarming that how far we've come. And like you say, to have a team like Arsenal who are scared yeah. to to, to keep the ball in play because they know we're going to create more chances yeah. and, and eventually get that goal, which sadly didn't come. Yeah, it was, it was really dis- I was going to say that was the bit of a downside of the first half because I think by and large it was a pretty even it was a pretty even affair. Um, obviously, they got the goal um, around t- twenty five minutes in, but we looked threatening. We were moving the ball well. We were sort of slightly struggling to get that commit that extra player forward, but I think that's a understandable in in a way um but but we we're playing well first half i thought and you know i think particularly for me uh podence looked lively that first 20 minutes and looked like we we're gonna really create something we just struggled yet again to really carve out a good chance and really test a ramsdale in goal well yeah. Yeah. Um, you know it's, it's the end product isn't it which Teams play uh, pay a lot of money to to sort out, mm-hmm. um, and we're working on it. It's not as if you know, it's not something we're not aware of. We're working on it, but it's it's a it's a thing in progress. And uh, I'm more than happy with, with last night. Well, no, I wanted to win, but <laughs> where we got where we're heading, uh, I think the you know, football now, yeah, it drops off sometimes. Sometimes you go and think, what the hell's happened? It's all done going backwards, but. That's the way football goes, isn't it? You know, it's, it's not going to be a wonderful occasion every game. That's not football. It doesn't work like that. So you've got to accept every now and again that the, the wheels are going to fall off and it, it's all going to go terrible. Maybe Norwich was a good example of that. But last night, I thought, was uh, thrilling, really. Really thrilling. Yeah. yeah, it seemed like both teams were, you know, play, lo- looking to get something out of the game. And I say, it was really frustrating that we conceded the goal in the manner that we did because... We're not a goal who concedes set pieces up until the last couple of weeks. And I think this was the first goal Wolves had conceded from a corner. But it seemed like, for, for me, uh, almost like a bit of a catalogue of breakdowns in terms of we didn't, we just weren't getting to the ball first at every possible stage. And um, that was sort of a frustrating thing for me that it wasn't just like, it wasn't like a glaring error, but, you know, we just couldn't really get the ball out of the box i mean the only sort of slight question mark i had was does it does anyone think it was a, f- a foul on sar no i, I, a, I don't know no. i was a goalkeeper and um, i absolutely loved sar to bits um I've, I've discussed this at length because uh, as i say i was a keeper and people have asked me what i think of him when he signed the thing what you're going to get with sar is he's going to be exciting, he's going to be thrilling, he's, he's Grobelar, if you remember Grobelar from yeah. Liverpool, that sort of a goalkeeper. Whereas Rui was a very sensible goalkeeper that did everything by the book, made some brilliant saves, but basically didn't take any risks. With Saw, you're going to get all sorts of things happening. And I think if he looks back at that, he should have, he should have got to that, he, he should have dealt with it better. Unfortunately, I, I am in the goalkeeper's union, so it, it hurts <laughs> me to say... Uh, but I think Saar should have dealt with that, really. It, at least I think that's what he will think now, looking back at it, unfortunately. 
Yeah. I think I think what I found interesting. I, I, I correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I always seem to remember Raúl was always on on the front. He was the front postman, and he sort of still is. But now Neves is sitting about ten yards. He watched that goal back. Neves is about ten yards ahead of him, and I really don't like that because if he misses Neves misses the ball, Raúl's got no time to react to that. Yeah. And I, I think part. it's a waste. I think it's a wasted man because yeah, because yeah. yeah, yeah. surely like Raúl's, you know, if that's coming to to Neves, then Raúl could get it anyway. So for me, you got Neves isn't short. He could go in the box. And like I say, I think it threw everything out. And if you look at the, when it goes over the top, I don't think Cody's got anywhere near enough time to react to clear it properly. And I think mm. it all sort of stems from that, really. Yeah. Um, that, that'd be my take on it. I mean, I don't think we've done, have we done that this season. I can't seem to remember that setup before. I always thought Raul was the first man and it has been for a while. But Yeah, right. yeah I, I remember now. You've, you've brought up a great point there, Tom, because I remember looking at Neves there and I, I, it didn't strike me at the time, but now you've said it, it, it it's true. It's, it's not really the place for him, is it really? Mm. So, I was yeah, going to say, like, I, I, there was a corner um, before the one we conceded where I, I remember seeing Neves, I think he got, I think he might have headed it back out for another corner or something. Almost, it's not where you picture Ruben Neves on a football pitch, is it? Mm-hmm. it, it, it yeah. In that position. And it might be a case that, you know, as I say, we, we've been so solid from corners this season and it's been quite widely publicised now that we, we could on set pieces potentially maybe teams are now cottoning on to our tactics and probably maybe playing the reverse of what we've been doing to try and catch, you know, that first man out and play a slightly different ball in because again, the similar situation to a goal we conceded against Norwich at the weekend where it was a it was a different kind of run and we just don't seem to have been prepared for it in any way. And say for for the time of a goal it came, it just it it didn't quite feel Fair to concede in a way. We didn't. It didn't seem like Arsenal dominating deserved to score. We didn't. We seemed. To, it felt like it should have just stay stayed as nil nil. The whole game had a draw written all over it for me. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, okay, they created created the better chance, and they did. There's no denying that. I think you know, obviously, Lacazette. I mean, I mean I'm sorry, I'm jumping ahead here to the second half, no. but you know, Lacazette put that one past the post in the you know in the second half, and he had that sort of one where I think Saka did Marcel when he could barely walk, um, and and he put it straight at Saar. We didn't really, you know, we had we often puffed a little bit. We had a few half chances, but but by and large, you know, they did have the better chance, and maybe that comes with having the, you know, maybe let's say, pains me to say, it slightly more creative and maybe better players in the final third. But it had, it had a draw written all over it. That going for me, to be honest. Yeah, I think it almost felt like I think I think you're right, and that uh, Steve kind of alluded to um, when we were talking about Arsenal that we got, Wolves are a good team, we are a good team, but. Arsenal have that extra bit of money in that forward line that you feel like there's a goal somewhere in it every week. Whereas for us, you, I feel like we're sort of scratching around to find a goal. Whereas we've got Lacazette, he's a proven goal scorer. I, 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 you back him. I mean, he missed he missed the one on one chance, which I wasn't. I, I, when I saw him go one on one, I thought I've seen this enough times before. But Saka's good for a goal as well. Martinelli, who we're we're going to talk about in a second. You know, he's got a lot of potential as well. They get goals from midfield. And I think that that's the difference probably between us finishing eighth and ninth, which is, I think, where we will likely finish and us really challenging for like fifth or sixth place. Yeah, uh, that really pains me because you look back at this transfer window and you think one player, two player, we could be pushing yeah. that fifth, fourth to sixth. Fourth mm. is probably too much, but like the fifth and sixth. 
uh, we could cement Europe and, and be in the Europa League. The problem is now we don't get that. We're under pressure with these top players like Neves. And do they want to keep playing? Because Neves has been here five years now in the summer. Is he going to want to keep playing for Wolves if we're not in Europe and we're not? He's not going to further his career because he's not getting any younger. Hmm. Joe, can can I just? Yeah, yeah. This is me with my old head on now. I want to ask you a little question because sorry, yeah. um, you, you mentioned about a couple of signings might just get us to push on a little bit. This is a bit of a mm-hmm. bugbear of mine because um, hopefully those two signings that you're talking about that we didn't make would have been fantastic signings and there would have been an answer to all our problems. You, maybe you'd a, hope so. Yeah, a striker that finishes the ball and maybe <laughs> a box-to-box midfielder, another yeah. Neves. Um, my point I'm making is, yeah, it'd be lovely, but it's not an ideal world. And I No, think, no, it isn't. You know, um, we could have made two signings that you really demand and they may well not have worked as much as you would hope they would have worked. No, no. And, and, and I just think that this constant barrage of uh, we need to be making signings all the time is okay and i understand it but from an old man's point of view i think we again we need to remember how far we've come just to, uh, rich just talking about uh, how uh, arsenal have got all sorts of things that we haven't they've probably got 20 years on us at least oh, yeah, for sure. you know so this is again i've probably said it too many times a work in progress and what yeah. i love about it is it's not a, a ridiculous working process it's been organized it's been well thought out there's a lot of things in the background that these people are doing that will give us a very long future we're not spending throwing stupid money at it to try and make it work we're not doing what everton have done or the villa are trying to do we've got a different plan and i can see really good things for our club in the future and I, i'm i'm not too worried about the fact that we didn't get the brilliant signings. We did make a couple, actually. I mean, Wang's going to be great. Mm-hmm. And uh, Cinquino, I love already. So, you know, we, it, it's moving along nicely. Uh, and that's, sorry, Joe. Uh, I, I just right. think that it's just that um, I hear it all the time. If only... Yeah, I, I, you know, and it, it drives me crackers. I know what you're saying. It's just like the hope <laughs> that kills you, though, doesn't it? You oh, know what I mean? I'm very hopeful. Look, I'm running out of time. If they don't win the Champions League soon, I'm not going to see <laughs> I need it more than you, really. Yeah. It's just gonna... that, uh, uh, like grabbing at straws. It's just like trying to get that last inch, and it's just like... Oh, but I think you'll, you'll all, sorry, you'll always be chasing that, you know. Yeah, it will it, never go it away. It, Look at Newcastle. Is. They were complaining terribly they hadn't made enough signings in the transfer window. Man City are looking for a forward. You know, it's just West Ham's fans have been going crazy that they haven't made enough signings. It never goes away. You're always chasing that carrot. It doesn't matter where you are. Yeah, you always want another it. two players. It never ends, you know. Yeah, so. it, it, I think the uh, what, what I find really fascinating about this is we're all seeing the same thing, aren't we? We're all seeing this as a side with so much potential. Yeah. That, that's it. And it's like, we, we can all see we are so, not so near, but you can see that we are not that far away from huh? obliterating Arsenal. Like, on a yeah. different day, with a, and I, I get where Jafo comes from because we beat them a couple of, well, we beat them twice last year, but when we had Jota, just that extra bit of clinical prowess up front, that changes it. And whether we can do it with the players we've currently got, of which I'm 60-40 in favour of, to be fair, that we these play, we've got players in this squad who can do do what needs to be done, 
or just that extra bit more. And you say it's that it's that hope, but I say it's great because we all see that you know we're not just a flash in the pan. That well, throughout mm-hmm. this team, there there is that quality just to make sure we're not fifteenth, and we you know just that's where we belong, and we don't and. I say it's well. Hang on, what can we actually do with this squad? Because it's it's kind of limitless if we're if if, if you're going for it. What what it is for me, uh, what the way I see it is that we our owners want to make Wolverhampton a club that people want to play for. Now, mm. obviously, we would die to do it, but top players have the choice, and a lot of them, believe it or not don't even know much about Wolverhampton. Crazy, they must have lived a very sheltered life. But that's yeah. the fact. And what what Frozen are trying to do is get that badge out there and get people to understand that Wolves are going to be in and around. And and it's about making us somebody that players want to the top players want to play for. How do you do that? You get a, a, a style of football on the pitch that they like to see. And I think we're getting there. It's a very continental way. I mean, the couple of guys sitting along by me who come from deepest Wolverhampton are still waiting for the ball to be pumped up from the goalkeeper. Does my, does my head in that? Does absolutely yeah. does my head yeah. in. I've got a yeah. few around me and they're a nightmare. Uh, one thing I do, I, I do, I do think more people are coming on side with that now. I remember particularly in the first half, we, we were passing it around in triangles in and around the box. And I'll tell you, five years ago, that have been having kittens around Absolutely. me for, for sure. And and I think it's slowly but surely, I think fans are sort of coming on board with it now and realising this is, look, this is the way we, we play and this is the way we need to play to to, to progress. It's the way, to, it's the way it, forward. It, it's Portuguese football we're playing now, isn't it? You know, it's mm. what we're playing. It's the style that they've been brought up with that we've never seen before. And and if, if you want to be part of Wolverhampton, you've got to encompass that because that's the way we're heading, that sort of football uh, which, uh, to, to be fair, I absolutely love. And I have been so educated over the last... I mean, I've, like I said, I've, been in fo- I've run football teams. I've been a manager. I've been a chairman. I've done all sorts of things. But I was a four-four-two man until Anuno came along. And have I learnt about the game all over again? Absolutely. It's been a revelation to me. I, I've been fascinated by it. I really have. And I, I think players out there... Um, I don't know. Well, let's pick Sanchez. He must look at the way we're playing and think, Do you know what? I'd fit in there. I would fit mm. into that side. And that's what I'm th- I think is going on at the moment at Wolves. You know, making ourselves wanted by other players, really. You know, um, Com- yeah. Completely agree. And so I think that's, I say, all really good points. And they say, no, really nice one. No one's wrong. They uh, say, it's say, fantastic for. You know, we we can all kind of see where the club's heading. I, I guess, and they say it, it can be difficult as fans to see a change in that cultural, you know, um, aspect of football. But we're all getting there slowly. Um, one thing that I guess not many of us will have seen is a player getting sent off for two bookings in about thirty seconds while the play's going on. Now, I thought when I saw this, I I, I couldn't see anything that. The ref did wrong because he played the advantage. I think it was a very clear bit of obstruction by Martinelli. It was a, you know, I'm going to say it was a bit of a shit all game, and it was very clear. I reckon at around the 50 minute part mark, Arsenal weren't going to finish that game with 11 players because I think Xhaka had got a booking already for pulling someone down. Um, the right back Cedric had already done two bookables and not been booked once. Yeah. And it did have a feeling that they were not 
you know, something silly was going to happen for one of those Arsenal players, which happens on a, by the looks of it, a weekly basis for them. But when I kind of went online afterwards, and I, 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 I thought, perfect, he's played the advantage because I think Podence has taken the throw. Um, he's got blocked off. He's gone down. Whether he's gone down theatrically or not, that all players do. But he's played the advantage. It's a very clear yellow, and he's going to get pulled up for it. And it's his own stupid fault for then hacking someone down later. Um, which is why I was a bit confused when I saw the online stuff and the talk sports stuff in terms of oh he should have been he shouldn't have been sent off. And I can't. I, I'm not how, how anyone can argue that that isn't a red card is beyond me. I don't get it at all. They're two, they're two of the most blatant yellow card offences you'll ever see. Just because it happened in the same phase of play, what does it matter? I mean, we had yeah. him in a sent off, didn't we? At the start of the season, okay. Granted, there was a whistle in between it, but the rules are the rules. You know, two yeah. two yellow card offences, it's two yellow cards, and I don't get Arteta's argument of, oh, well, I've never seen it happen before. Yeah, and and what you know, how is that a legitimate you know sort of reason for it, it not to happen? It took me all thirty seconds to do a Google search on it and find two instances. One was in the Euros a couple of years back for Northern Ireland. One was at Garforth Town, which I appreciate isn't the highest echelons of football but it was not exactly the same thing um it was like from a corner um a center back came up um they tried to do a breakaway chopped the first guy down ref plays it and it's like proper um lower level chop ball goes back upfield and you see him pegging it back and then just slice through the guy at the other another guy at the other end the ref goes booking for that end booking for this end sending off yeah um i think when i saw uh, i saw a lot of people sort of try to flout the rules online which i don't quite think made a lot of sense but the, the other argument i saw some arsenal fans have was um well it's a caution how, how can he he wouldn't have made that tackle if he'd already been booked does not make it doesn't make it right does it no, it, no. It's, uh, no I, I, I don't get any of it to be honest it's i really strong. don't can't defend it no martin Martin Carroll was on the talk sport today. Was pretty adamant that it shouldn't have been a red, and the basis of his argument was that the referee should have took a little bit of a deep breath, stopped the game, calmed it all down, had a little chat, and, and give himself five minutes to have a little think about it to decide whether it should yeah. be a red card. Now that was Martin Keown's in East. Martin Keown of like six hundred appearances for Arsenal. <laughs> yeah. But he was he was adamant. He stuck it out on Talksport today. But that was the basis of his argument, basically that it's the ref needed to have calmed down a little bit, took a minute, and had a little think, and probably just awarded a yellow. Now the problem I've got with that, Martin, if you want to listen to our wonderful podcast, is that Wolves had possession, mate. And so it's not about your guys calming the game down or, or the referee calming the game down. We were in possession. We were on the move. We were attacking. We were the team that were trying to win that game. So there's no talk about trying to slow the game down. The referee should have done the right thing by letting the game flow. And he tried his best to exactly do that. And it was definitely two yellows and a red. Questions shouldn't be asked. That was the fact of it. By the way, I'm a qualified ref as well, if you need to know. <laughs> <laughs> Not a very good one. <laughs> but it, it's like, um, say, Scott booking in the first half for a um, cheeky little uh, 
Claude Avocat. I think no, it was no, no. Just sorry, Sai got a card because he was on the pitch. That's what he does. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It happens a lot. It yeah. happens yeah. a lot. Yeah. It's, it's part, of, card, it's part yeah. of playing for Sais. That's part <laughs> yeah. of the game. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it was quite boring to see. You know, he's not played in the last month because he's been at uh, the African Cup of Nations. <laughs> see him get a yellow card. It, it, it's, it's just like putting on an old pair of slippers for him, isn't it? Um, I love, love Sais. I absolutely love him. He's fantastic. But, uh, but they played for the advantage. Because even though it, was, it, it wasn't a it wasn't a great tackle by him, and it was unnecessary, um, and it was a clear yellow, but plays advantage because Arsenal are moving forward. If it had gone down to the other end of the pitch and Sace had done something stupid at the other end, like you know hacks on down on the edge of the box, and he'd been given two yellow cards, I don't think any of us would be sitting here going, "Yeah, but you know he, he wasn't told about the first one, so he wouldn't have done the second one." We've gone no. He's, he's done two fouls, and I can't I can't get my head around it, especially because they won as well. I don't see why they're a lot of Arsenal fans I've seen uh, particularly edifying it, but it might be part of Arteta's thing because he wants to try and break in the top four. He needs the same attitude yeah. as the managers, so he's got that sort of victim syndrome that they all seem yeah. to have up there. Oh, it's a, you know, I've run out of ideas. Why all my players keep getting sent off and everything? Well, you know, your tactical foul, you know, from the Pep school yeah. of tactical fouling, eventually it's going to catch up with you. I was going to say, and to be honest, if you're not quite good enough to get away with tactical fouling, you're just going to get lots of bookings. And against a team like Wolves, he likes to turn on the break as well and get in front of you. And, you know, you're going to get bookings. And if you're not smart enough to avoid them or rotate them enough, you're going to keep consistently get players sent off. And, you know, I've got absolutely no sympathy for them. Um did turn on the pressure after the second uh, in the second half anyway, and particularly after the sending off. Um, one player I did really want to talk about because I thought is it his impact yet again um, was uh, Chiquinho. Um, I just I can see why they've invested in him now, and I wasn't quite sure how much he'd play this season. Um, and I can't remember who said it on one of our previous shows. Says. Uh, oh we've lost him there we go it's back again so i could just see oh i just went all circles for a second so i'll sound perfect and it's like not like i've moved um or anything like that um always the case isn't it um but yeah what did we think of uh Chiquinho's impact i'll start with you jeffo yeah i thought he was, he was lively it was just just something different because everything we were doing, every, Trinko and Pedence, they play similarly. So they're always trying to cut inside. They're just trying to do everything on the half turn, everything nice and neat. And he was running. He was using the ball a bit like Adami, Adama would have done in a slightly different way. And he was attacking defenders. He was trying to get the ball into the box early as possible, which was nice. It was refreshing because everything wanted to come narrow in that game. And what we needed to do was try and get the ball wide, even if... You know, we're not a team that gets a lot of players into the box. It's it's, it's nice to have that variation. Yeah, he's very raw. He's very raw. Yeah, like yeah, you can tell, he's raw. got something about him. He, I think he's he's cut. If Bruno gets into him, I think he could have a player on our hands. But he, yeah, he just like quite exuberant and um, you know, good bits, bad bits. But yeah, he just seems like quite quite raw to me. Not not necessarily in a bad way. Um, I think he's got potential for sure. But I don't know. Is it is it he's playing him because? 
you know, he hasn't got any other choice but to play him because Huang wasn't going to come on, was he? Because, uh, you know, he apparently he was injured, you know, so there's no point of him, him being on the bench. Um, so I don't know if it was a lack of options why he, why yeah. he potentially played. But I'm not against him playing, you know, I, I didn't think he did too bad. I mean, I guess we'll probably come on to Trinkau in a bit, but um, I'm guessing, I'm guessing they, they, the changes on 60 minutes, wasn't it? I'm guessing they only thought they could get 60 out of Trinkau mm. anyway um, after him back from COVID, to be honest. So I think there's probably a scheduled sub anyway. Yeah. I, I think I think if Wanger had been able to come on, he would have it, agreed. Uh, yeah. yeah, and I think, and it's guesswork, I think he may well have been the difference for what we need. Because mm. I, I love Wanger because, he, again, he's a different sort of player and definitely the sort of player we need. A bit more of oomph about him that's going to force his way through. But he's got a little bit of tactical about him as well. So it's a shame we couldn't get him on yesterday, I think. It, but uh, as far as Shinky goes, um, I watched him make his little bit of a debut for the under-23s and I watched him and I thought, well, uh, he's got it, but he looks a bit lightweight. Um, and then he comes on against Norwich and I thought, blimey, it's like watching a different player there. I'm really excited by him. Um, and I just think it's another great option, another option that we've got now, you know, and it's lovely. It must be lovely for uh, Bruno to, to have... Going certainly going forward, or I know people are going to say, "Oh, what you're talking about? We haven't got many options." But I don't really see it like that. I mean, Huang, a certain sort of player. Raul, we know what we get with Raul. Podence, nippy all over the place. Wang really forces his way in. Trinko is definitely coming on, and he's tricky. So yeah, lots of different options. And and as a manager, and I've, I've sort of been there. I've done it. Um, you want to have that on the bench, something like Chinque. You you need somebody that's going to be able to change a game for you and he could do that you know he'll run at people and he'll he'll get he gets good crosses in so yeah fair play. i was gonna say he, he feels like almost a bit of a traditional winger in that sense that we're almost quite used to having these inside forwards who are always looking to kind of cut inside whereas he seems to just be like i want to get the ball i want to beat my man and whip in a really dangerous cross that's what he wants to be doing and say so you can see he's raw and would I have him starting games at the moment? Maybe not, but if it's getting a bit stretched, he's a, he's a really interesting option. You can see he's got that bit about him. Um, I mean, we, we didn't really create an awful lot to test um, Ramsdale. Say, so had like um, that really sweet shot that got parried away. There's a couple of like, Goal mouth scrambles, which Chino was involved in as well. A um, couple of players interested to kind of gauge your thoughts on. The first one we, we've kind of half mentioned was Trincao. Um, and again, uh, he, he got, I think he got hooked at the 60 minute mark. Um, and it sort of feels like he doesn't quite have the legs for anything beyond that anyway at the moment, whether that was COVID or not. Now, I thought he did quite well in the first half, not. He overhits two crosses, but he he's great to... until he gets anywhere near, you know, until he yeah. has to actually do something in the fi- you know, in the final third. I think his he's, he's, his movement is is excellent. He's 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 good at pressing. I think he's he's silky with the ball. He can dribble it great. But he had someone else's boots. Somebody got in the box last night. I don't know what was going on. I think he had a three or four times. I think when he just picked out the wrong pass or he overhit it or um, he doesn't seem to want to shoot. You know, I, I couldn't tell you last time he had a shot, maybe Everton, mm. potentially, when he had that one tips over the bar. Um, yeah. I think going forward, he's got a, you know, I think there is, again, magic word of the night, isn't it? Potential, but there's definitely potential there. But he's, he's got a, you know, we've been drumming about Dharma about his, you know, end product. But I think you've got a similar problem with, with Trincao. I think it might come. I think it might, but he's running out of time. 
Yeah, I think especially with it being a being a low move. I mean, Jafo, what did you sort of think of um, Trinkhouse' performance? Yes, um, we'll think we'll focus on yesterday. Um, yeah, yeah. It's, I think it's been much the same of the same. It's him and Pedence, like I say, are very similar, and both of them last night annoyed the hell out of me because they've got they're, they're very talented footballers, but they don't have what what Adama had was that ability to drive and ch- just hmm. ch- change things over a quick distance. And actually drive at the goal because every time they're turning back or they're trying to just make short inside passes, it's very frustrating because they're both very talented footballers. Like you said, that last five percent Trinko is struggling with at the moment. Like you said, when he's getting into the box, he doesn't shoot or he makes the wrong decision. And I really just want to see the pair of them just get more consistent. Because if we can can get the consistency in the in our wingers and create the proper chances, and they can catch him with the goals as well. I think that'll alleviate a lot of the pressure that's on Raul at the moment, who's you know struggling a little bit. Yeah, I, Steve, um, I've made an interesting point about having, I guess, sort of Trink and Podence starting together, and say with them both being inverted as well. It almost feels like they're going the same direction. Do you reckon there's space for both of them in the same? team if they're both doing a similarish job or how are you sort of finding Trinkal at the moment? Okay, I'll give you the old man's philosophy now. Sorry guys, it's rather boring, but I the way I and as I've said before, I've, I've been a manager, so I, I sort of feel like I've I've been in the position a little bit. Um I always think, well, Bruno, he's been around the block a bit, he's 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 been a manager for a lot. He obviously believes in Trincao because he keeps picking him whenever he can. Mm-hmm. I've we've got a guy that sits about six seats away from us that picks on a player pretty much every season. It was held a Costa a couple of years ago. Wouldn't stop going moaning about how terrible he was and how awful he is. This season it's Trincao who's getting it in the neck. Every time Trincao gets the ball, oh what's he doing? Oh he's going, oh we can't cross. The thing is be realistic about this. The young lad is young and he's come to another country and he's settling in and he's settling into a whole new regime and he's already, for me, looking an absolute stormer. I think he's going to be wonderful. But it's not the finished article just mm. yet. We need to be patient. He understands what's needed of him. Bruno knows he understands what's needed of him. It's just going to take a little bit of time. But my point, the, the point I'm making is Bruno believes in him, so so do I. And if you want to ask me about Podence, I absolutely love the kid. I think he's fantastic. Mm. I used to watch him play for that I mean, foreign club that he used to play for, uh, Patanaikos, was it? Was it? Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, and I used to say, I, my son will bear me up on this, I used to say, I wish we could get him. So I'm over the moon that we've got him playing for us now. I think he's a wonderful little player. I wish he'd stop falling over, but when you're that small, I suppose, it, you know, it happens. But uh, lovely player. And I, both of them on the pitch, wow, so exciting. It's just, you know, it's just yeah. wonderful. I'm sorry gonna... to be wonder wonderful land, but that's where I am. No, I, I nothing wrong with nothing wrong with that actually. Bear in mind your scapegoat um uh thing about the guy who says it because that might be cropping up in a little bit. Um okay. because I could I could I could foresee this happening today because I want to talk about Trinkow. Donk's a bit similar in that sort of way at the moment where uh, uh, Donk, oh, okay. I'll yeah. start with Don, because um, the, the one thing I will say, which is particularly boring about me, um, I don't like anybody knocking our players. I, I, I mm. don't understand 
big criticism of our own players. If they don't play for somebody else, like Traore couldn't care a hoot about him anymore. Nuno couldn't care a damn. But when they were playing for us, I absolutely loved them. Um, and as far as Dendonka goes, I love the fact that he links up play. He does all the sensible things well. He doesn't do anything silly. He's the boring player on the pitch, but he does things well. He's pretty good in the air. I know he, he's missed a few headers recently. But for me, he's another one of those safe bets. If Moot's out, we know we can trust him in there. I know I know a lot of people really don't rate him, but he played for Belgium international team. For goodness sake, please, he's, he's got it, in my opinion. He, he's a great player, and I, I, again, I adore him. I think he's wonderful. A lovely player, a squad player maybe, but certainly somebody I'm glad we've got in our club. I really do. I was going to say... I agree with everyone with that. Yeah, I was going to say, my, my sort of thoughts, I guess, and interest on yours, Tom, then... Um, do we all, I, I assume he's a great squad player. The you know what he, he's your, he's our third choice in he and he is very definite third choice behind Neves and Matinho. Do you reckon we expect too much of him? Of to an extent, of Dendonka. To an extent, I mean, obviously, okay, he's, he's got he's got a hard example to follow because you've got Neves and Matinho in there. Let's face it, they're the best player when in my lifetime, the best players I've seen play for Wolves. Um, I do think we need to see more from them. I must admit, I, I don't. I think. I think he he doesn't he doesn't provide enough goals. I mean, arguably, you could say that about all of our midfielders. But the problem, I think, some fans have that he doesn't like have one outstanding attribute. Really, you know, he's just a bit vanilla. He doesn't really, you know, okay, he runs about a bit. He plays it simple, safe, and okay, granted, sometimes you need that. But games like last night, where you need something, you need a bit of spark. I mean, he breaks the box. I like the fact he breaks the box because our other two don't do that. But let's face it, if we're being honest, he doesn't do anything when he's in there. You know, he had a few headers last night. They were tipped over the top. They were never going in. A couple over the t- you know. I don't mind him. He's fine. But I think he's the type of player that, you, as a club, we've got to look to upgrade potentially in the summer. You know, and, and you know, like I say, so it becomes from third to fourth choice, maybe. Um, you know, he's, he's all right. He's all right. Tom, but I th- isn't, 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 sorry, isn't that the way it works in football? So... We've got Moot and we've got Neves who we absolutely live in, love in there. And then we've got Dendonka who can chop into the back uh, line if we need him to, or he can fill in the midfield. And then in the summer, we go out and we try and get a new centre midfield player who's a little bit better, which means we're a better side. So then we look, OK, who who's not going to make the, the standard anymore? Well, possibly Dendonka. And that's just the progress that we need to make in yeah, perhaps I, the summer. I, I, I and, agree. And, and that's fine, isn't it? That, that's yeah, the way absolutely. It works. Yeah, I think, I think what you look to do is you look to, you look to yeah, you obviously if you want to improve as a squad, you've got to look to improve as I say, each individual player. You, you, you're not going to improve, improve Neves, are you? Unless you, you? Well, you're not, let's face it. Coutinho, ability-wise, again, you're not you're not going to improve that really. As our club, if you've got to fork out sort of fifty million for a player like that, so yeah, then you look to your next, and then you look to to try and upgrade that. Um, but I completely agree. Yeah, there's got to be progression. As I say, I think I think if the Donk is still playing for us in two three years, I, I think we've missed a step there. To be honest, yeah. yes. I agree. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think uh, completely right, Tom. I think if if the gap of replenishing these players becomes too wide, that's when you've got a problem. I, yeah. you know, then as long as they, uh, I, I think they need to do it in the summer, don't they? I, I think it's it's a big it's, su- it's a big summer. Yeah. We all know it. It's a, it, yeah. it's a big summer. That you know. Yeah. My, my my slight concern is look if Neves goes, you know, Matinho. Okay, I think we all thought it this year. Maybe he was going to be a squad player rather than a starter, but. 
you know, he, you know, maybe sort of like on his on his last legs, let's say, and then you know, you got Ben Dundonk, he could be end up replacing in like a completely new midfield. It, it, I'm hoping it's not coming to that. I really hope we keep Neves, but it's a massive summer. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so sort of ra- rounding up um, the Arsenal chat, then guys, um, who would you give your man of the match to? Um, we'll do sort of a quick one, kind of round the room. I get. Um, I'll start with uh, Jeffo. What? Who would you kind of give it to? Because a few players stood out for me. I don't think anyone had a really poor game. Um, but who? Who would you give it to? Uh, I thought Samado was really, really solid again, and I thought, yeah, I thought Cody had a good, really good game. I think he he was solid as ever. But I think Samado's growing every match, and I think he's proving everyone wrong who who, who gave him a lot of crap last season. Yeah, I think he's really. I, I completely agree. Him. Yeah, yeah, Samado hands down for me. I, I think he's becoming, you know, one of our better players. And I tell you, there aren't for me. You know, okay, it's a bit of a statement, but there aren't many right backs better in the league for me. Maybe you know, okay, you've got your, your standards like your Trents and your and your Cancelo. But if you if you look at him this season, he's been he's been near faultless. To be fair, I think he's been fantastic. Yeah, yeah, uh, I'd probably I'd probably go with Semi too. Although my loving for uh, Podence never ends, and I, I just think. Uh, is is constantly a problem for the opposition opponents, just always in and around trying to achieve things. So, yeah, I agree, guys. Semi for me, but opponents very close second. But uh, yeah, cool. Definitely, I was going to say. I think I, I mean, to be fair, I did the player ratings. To be fair, and I, well, looking at, it, I definitely get, I would have given it to Smedo because I think I had him ranked higher than the rest. And say, thought Cody and Sace at the back had strong games. As a, a net, I mean, we almost kind of. Go, go and just assume that Neves has a good game at this point. It seems uh, it, it's almost not worth talking about, but he's consistently great at this point. Um, I was going to say that the uh, player ratings uh, was powered by fours of football. Um, really good football app, guys. If um, you're interested in something new, you can do predictions, you can do ratings, and it does all the, the standard live uh, feeds as well. I'll put a link in the description for anyone interested in um downloading it as well uh we're going to take a short break guys um we'll be back um in about a minute or so um just after it just after our break and we'll talk about the spurs game see you in a second hi it's richard from wolves fancast here just interrupting today's show before we get back to some question opinions and opinionated questions talk to you a little bit about our sponsors pixel yeti media they are a design agency that put you and your business first from web design logo and branding design and marketing if you have any marketing needs get in touch with them to find out how they can help you get it right they are over at pixelyettingmedia.com now let's get back to a show where we can give you some really forced wordplay niche cultural references and maybe even a bit of football talk Hi, uh, welcome back, everybody. Um, as we kind of alluded to before the break, um, Wolves are playing uh, Spurs at the weekend. Again, it's another team who are very close by us in the table. Um, if I bear with me, I think they're just above us in the table. They've got a game in hand on us, um, and they're two points above us. So, in the grand scheme of things, we're pretty evenly matched over the course of um, over half a season with um, Tottenham Hotspur. Um, so I think it's going to be a really close and interesting game, particularly after they lost uh, to Southampton midweek as well. So both of us have got something to prove. Um, Tom, what are your thoughts on Spurs and Conte? Because obviously they've had Nuno at the start of the season and I guess any of the emotion from that first time of Nuno's return and stuff like that, 
there isn't anything around this game now in terms of that. It's much more, um, I was going to say, unemotional. Yeah. I, I watched the, most of the Southampton game, um, to be honest. But the, 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 I tell you what, they can be got at. Their defence looks weak to me, really weak. Um, you know, I think I think they've had a problem where they had, you know, Aldevere, Eldon Vertonghen and... and they're having that phase where now where they, you know they're, they're sort of transitioning I suppose at the back. Um, I mean you can't dispute their quality up front. That you know that that's that, yeah it's undeniable. But but you know they they can be got at for sure. I mean if you take for you know if people think we overspent for uh, our right back from Barcelona, you want to have a look at theirs because he is dire. Uh, Emerson <laughs> is not a good footballer. I say I watched him. He got done. I think three, I'd be surprised if he plays. He was that bad to be honest. Um, you might see return of the dock possibly, but um, obviously they're a good team, you know. And if if we went there and and got a win, it'd be a fantastic result, no doubt about it. But um, yeah, we shouldn't like like Steve said that we shouldn't we shouldn't be fearing them. No, I think that's um, interesting to say. You, you look at their team on paper, and it's a very top heavy team. Um, you know, uh, Steve, Steve, what are you sort of thoughts on the Spurs at the moment? Um, yeah, I I, I just. Always look at us rather than the opposition, mm. and just hope that we're going to see how scared Arsenal were, and hope, and I, I think they will be. I think Spurs are going to be equally as nervous, and in a way, I feel like Wolves have got nothing to lose. I know, I know, we all want to get in the Champions League, but these Arsenal's and, and Spurs, the pressure's on them, not us. You know, so we can we can go out and play the sort of football we played against Arsenal and scare the living daylights out of them, and and I hope. And I'm sure we will. Let's let's go for the throats, and um, maybe this time we'll have a couple of lucky breaks, and and we'll beat them. I, I'm I'm fairly confident that we can do that, and I hope the lads and Bruno are, are going to go with that same mentality because, like I say, I think they've got a lot to lose, and uh, we can go there with a completely open mind and and just go for them, you know, and and play like we did against Arsenal. Just go for them. That's all yeah. I think. I, I don't care uh, uh, Spurs set up. I think they're the ones with the problems, not us. Let's go yeah. and get them. I think them. I was going to say I think um, you touched on something really strong there. But I think when we played them in the league in the season, they seemed to get a few lucky breaks from Wolves, didn't Jeffo? Um, yeah, yeah, it was frustrating that game. But like, talking about the, the game, I think it's going to be tight because both teams are, are, you know, they're quite. I mean, they've got defensive frailties, but they've got good players. But the problem with with Tottenham, if we talk from a Tottenham point of view, is they just don't get enough shots off. Like in their games, they're the same as us. They're like they're ten shots a game average, mm. and it's like you, they've got fuck, they've got Son and they've got Kane, and they don't they don't attack. So I think it's going to be a tight game, and I think we should nick it. I think we should at least it should be a two one or a one nil. But yeah, they they've had they've had more than a rub of the green against us before. Uh, yeah. and I think I think we'll be all right this season. I think we'll we'll, we'll probably win that game. Yeah, I think. Um, I, 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 Steve said, I, I really hope we approach the game the way we know Wolves can approach it, and that we we don't kind of play really cautious. And look, I can completely understand it when we play a bit more of a counter-attacking game against the likes of Liverpool, let's say, or Man City. But Spurs aren't a Liverpool or Man City. As I said, like, look at the table. There's nothing we should be really fearing. Yeah, don't get me wrong, they've got Son and Kane. But beyond that, I'm not that convinced by them. And again, similar to Arsenal, you know, you 
you go through it and we're at a point now we go, hang on, no, a back on defence, a back on midfield to um to really get us in games and all right, our, our, the the attacking side of Wolves still needs a bit of work, but uh, you know, I might be nostalgic, I might be uh, blinded by it, but I'm still always sort of optimistic. Raúl gets something from a game, um, as particularly in a big moment. Um, I, I, I think you'll find uh, coaches and managers uh, love it when things go well for obvious reasons, but it's very easy then in the dressing room to say, "Do that again." Do that, mm. what you did there, do that. So when Bruno gets them in that dressing room against Spurs, for me, I can't understand why he wouldn't say, you know what we did against Arsenal? Do that again. Just mm. do that again. You know, simple tactics for me. That's all we need yeah. to do. And I think, um, yeah, game plan wise, we, we do switch it up against teams depending on who they are and where they are and table and things like that. And yeah. I was going to say, if we hadn't have played Arsenal yesterday time for recording i'd have expected wolves to play like this against spurs so just because we lost you know i i, I don't see that sort of almost affecting bruno he seems to be someone who's really driven by you know the process rather than by a result um so fingers crossed that's how he approaches it as well i mean in terms of lineup predictions would you make any changes to start in 11 against um, that played against Arsenal? I mean, in terms of mine, I'd probably bring in eight Nori just because, as Tom's alluded to, they're, they're weak on that right hand side for me. And eight Nori's, well, he didn't start the other day. Um, and I guess the question mark would probably be over um, Matinho as well because I don't. I, I, has it been confirmed where he can play or not? It seems to be a little bit grey area. They really keep it on the down low, don't you? I mean, that, yeah. that Martino thing was quiet. Um, I think they'd really keep the cards close to the chest. It's obviously not to give the opposition a heads up, I suppose. But um, I think he's key. I really do. I think we need to control the middle. If he control the middle, like we did against United, you know, mm. we won that game because we controlled the middle of the park and never as a Martino, you know, they're, they're, the best that, they're the best at doing it, you know. So I think it's key that, that, he, that he plays. Whether he will or not, I think it's a different story. I think it's probably 50-50 at best. Did, did we not control the game against Arsenal with Dendonkari? Um Did we control it? Maybe. My, my concern in the Arsenal game a little bit, up until the 60th minute, was when we both had 11 players on. There was a lot of the time when it was with Kilman or with Sace, the balls were pumped a lot more than they used to be, and they were mm. put into the channels. And it kind of bypassed the midfield, and that was really frustrating because f- for big sections of that first half and the, the start of the second half, Neves and Dendog and Martin as well are not played because they were always trying to hit the channels and trying to put it into Podence and Trinko, and it was just frustrating to watch. Whereas in the Man United game, if we go to that, when Moutinho was on, a lot of the balls were going into feet into midfield and they were moving it out. A lot of the attacks were starting there. And I think that that's maybe the slight difference in the two matches. Now, do yeah, you think... Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. Yeah, I was going to say, now, do you think that's because of the team we were playing? And to be fair, I know um, Bruno came out a couple of weeks ago. I can't remember, remember who it was who it was against, but sort of saying, you know, how we play depends on where their fullbacks are and things like that. But do you think how we played against Arsenal, um, this would have been really good to include before the breakdown, I'm saying it's actually quite a good point. Do you think it was dictated because we didn't have Martino in the middle? 
because he is such a fulcrum. And my, my big thing and the biggest difference almost between someone like Den Donker is that great players want the ball. And doesn't matter where it is on the pitch, Martino's 10 yards away from it. He will pick it up across the pitch, um, which kind of avoids, in a way, you say, right, let's just clip it down, you know, knock it down the channel, not in an uneducated way, because this is a good, sophisticated football team, but not bypassing the midfield and using them to link up play a little bit more. Sorry, I don't think we need to have an argument if, if we have Moutinho, he plays and then Donker steps aside. Yeah. I think we, we would all agree that uh, my original yeah. point was just that with Den Donker in there, we didn't look mm. out of the game in any shape or form. No, I, think, I agree with that. I, yeah. yeah, yeah. Whether we dominate is maybe a question mark, but yeah, absolutely. I don't think I don't think we were overrun or anything like that. I mean, the one thing again, sorry, it's going back to Arsenal. I think one thing that that they did quite well, which maybe we didn't. They overloaded in, in the wider areas quite well. I think there was mm. a load of time. I think that Erdogan guard, I think it was, it'd it, it float from either side, left and right, and make sure that they'd have an overload. I remember Marcel in particular got got overloaded with him and Saka, and he, he didn't really know what to do. I think sometimes we lacked that a little bit, and that's maybe yeah. where, I think that's, know, where we that's need to look at the extra forward. man in midfield, I think, contributed yeah. for Arsenal a couple of times, especially like someone like Erdogan guard would just yeah. kind of play on the right side or the left side a little bit just to... I think that's the way they, that ga- their game went as well for us. Is I think because we were trying to initiate attacks a lot quicker, you found Dendonka and Nevers were probably sitting probably 15 yards deeper when they needed to be, or and we couldn't. You where you'd have Nevers or Moutinho or yeah, Dendonka would be in that like those spaces just outside the box to pick up. They were a few yards behind than normal, and I think we just that when you talk about overloads and what Arsenal had, I just think we lacked that a little bit. And that's not really been part of our game. I think we deviated a little bit too much from it. That's right. The Marcel, sorry, the, the Marcel and uh, Abnuri argument might come down to Marcel taking a couple of knocks. Might yeah. move him out, uh, possibly. Uh, but then there's Johnny now. I think he's ready to go, isn't he? So yeah, maybe may, it might be a slight risk for Bruno because of how long it's been since Johnny's played, but. If you're going for a safer player, would you go for Johnny before Aitnuri at the moment? The, the thing is with Aitnuri, I think I said originally, he's the sort of player you want to bring on when you when the game's getting a little bit stretched rather than early doors against the way it's somebody like Spurs. You want to just settle in a little bit at the back and make sure everything's nice and tight. Aitnuri isn't quite that player, so... I just wonder whether he would. I'm not sure he would, to be honest. But I wonder whether he might take a risk with Johnny if Marcel's injured. But yeah. big, big one, big decision that I think it's yeah. going to be. I think I think I ignore him. There Marcel, Marcel and Sace is a really good partnership. They work well together, and I mm. think Gomez and Ignori was a good partnership. So I think. Well, that, that's experience, isn't it? And more than yeah. players playing together, really. That's, I think they're quite similar as well in their attitude as the way they play the game. No, there's nobody, there's nobody like Sace. He's, he's, <laughs> he's, he's a bit like he's a bit daft, I think. But uh, yeah, yeah, fair enough. Yeah. yeah, I was going to say the, the other sort of um, you've mentioned about Johnny and potentially a return from injury is, I guess, sort of that forward line as well, and whether you keep Trincao, Jimenez, Podence up front, or whether, as a Wang, obviously he was 
fit enough. Trico's, Trico's not going to be dropped. I mm. think we've yeah. we've played our cards with, or Bruno's played his cards with Trincao. People need to accept that he's the replacement for a different player, but for a Dharma, he's replaced the Dharma now. Different player, more technically, well, okay, more gifted technically than a Dharma. I don't know, that could be an argument, but he's the first choice now in that I think he'll find yeah. he will be playing. Uh, yeah, definitely. Right. Should we do some score predictions? I'm rubbish at this. Leave me out. I'm rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> I'm terrible. I was going to say, I, I, my, my rule of thumb is if I think Wolves going to lose, I always say we're going to draw. That's that's my that's my very unsubtle way of saying I don't think we're going to do well, but I can't admit we're going to we're going to lose. Tom, what are you saying on the uh, for Sunday results? Uh, I'm going to go one all, one apiece. Oh. Okay, Jeffo. I'm going to go two one Wolves. Uh, oh. Yeah. yeah. Fancy Wang and Jimenez uh, to go A1H. I'm going to go 1-0. I, don't, I think I'm like Raul penalty or something like that. That's mm. that's that's going to be what I'm hanging my uh, my hat on. Shall we do some questions from Twitter Corner, guys? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's yeah, not that you got to ch- I always ask this. <laughs> it's, it, it's very much a rhetorical question because I've got it all prepared anyway. Right. Big thanks to everybody who's um, tweeted us with your questions. I'll try and read out a few because there are there are a lot. Um, right. I did say to bear this one in mind. So uh, one from Stu, uh, Stu Hall. Who's the biggest uh, scapegoat in Wolves' recent history, both justified or unjustified? And it kind of came, it, me and Stuart were chatting about it because we were talking about Trincao. And we were talking about, it almost seemed like, well, it was a Dharma two weeks, a month ago. And it it seems like sometimes, it doesn't matter whether it's, as a, it's never as a whole fan group, let's be honest, because that's not how it works. But it seems like there's always a player who someone gets picked on. Now, whether it's yourself or your mate who it's just completely unjustified, do any of you have a a, a scapegoat um, from years gone by? Lee well, Naylor was well, classic, I always thought. Lee Naylor always used to get a really rough ride, and again, I never knew really knew why. I mean, he, he was one that came through the academy. You'd think they'd be all over it. Um, and he wasn't bad. Yeah, OK, he had his flaws, you know, as most of our players did in that point in time. But um, I quite liked him. I quite yeah, liked I him, and I didn't quite get it. Solid. Yeah, uh, he went Celtic and he did really well. Out. I know it's Celtic, but yeah, he did well. I'll always remember Naylor's free kick in the playoffs. I thought that was fantastic. So, yeah, See, I, yeah. I remember the stick Naylor got and never quite understanding it because I'm sure that, um, like one of the times was like he was carrying like an injury, like he'd like torn it like an, ab- uh, an abdominal muscle and played for like two weeks and was just god awful. And it only came out like after he then stopped to have surgery in the international break or something like that. But he was someone who, again, I think my. So you've mentioned Naylor. I think sometimes, like people like Andy Keogh, sometimes yeah. just because of like goals. Um, so Edwards, my, my thing, they, yeah. Edwards as well. I always think Edwards. Yeah. It was towards the end of his Wolves tenure, I think he deserved a lot of it because I didn't think he was consistent as he was when he was in there. But from like the f- first part of it, he was good enough. And he, he, a lot of the stuff Sticky got, it was unjustified. Yeah. Let's say you have players like Steeran and Berra, who are both both from solid players at their times at Wolves at different points, but at various stages, they get on their back for no apparent reason. 
Um, let's say that there's a there's a storied history, I guess. I'd be interested in like tracking it through because I think it probably changes from you know different fans and things like that. Um, right, let's do a silly one. Um, so Todd DeWitt um, asks, if you could only use one word for the rest of your life, what word would you choose? Well, can I just uh, say John McCall for the scapegoats, by the way? Uh, yeah. Many years ago, but John McCall uh, used to take some real stick. Um, and as I say, I was lucky enough to be uh, on the books there when I was 15, and uh, I used to see it in the background and how it used to affect the, the, the squad. The, the stick that John McCall used to get, and that's why I'm really against it because yeah. I refer to the guy that sits uh, five seats away from us, and um, I think he thinks everybody admires his um, his big mouth, but we we all want to say something, but we know we can't, and it's <laughs> count, it's completely counterproductive. That's yeah. the bit that I want people to really think about. Where does it work? It doesn't help at all. So please don't do it in, in during the game. It's not say- it's not helping. No, I was listening to a podcast recently. I want to say it was Football Clichés podcast. Um, and it was something like, "Has have you ever heard anyone shout something out loud at a football game when you've actually agreed with them?" Because we <laughs> we we all sit next. To, we are all five. We are all five seats from that bloke, aren't we? Yeah, and yeah, yeah. They well, never I- shout anything, do they? Where you're like, "Oh, I actually thank you for raising your voice and telling." Everyone in you know a ten meter radius of you. Really interesting analysis of the game. It's always, what are you talking about? Sit well, down and behave. I've got one behind me, and um, I can say this just in case he's listening, because uh, we have settled our differences now. But <laughs> he is so animated; it's untrue. And every single game, he smacks me around the head when he's pointing at somebody, and he loses it every game. Um, and I think it must have been Manu. Somebody got sent off for Manu and he was going ballistic. And I turned around and I said, please calm down. And he let loose on me because we'd never really spoken before. <laughs> and he said, I come to the game. I pay my, I can say what I like. And everybody knows me there around and they all stuck up for me. I said, look, Steve was only trying to get you to calm down a little bit. The thing is at the games, you're really taking a risk by speaking out like that because anybody that's fueled will not step mm. down and it can end quite badly so mm. in the end we've we've discussed these things and i've explained to him in my very overpowering way that look this is portuguese football now it's not going to go like that anymore you've got to calm down they are going to pass it backwards it's not all gung-ho anymore and you know uh, anyway we've managed to settle our differences but this guy really goes for it every game he can't he said it's just the way i am you know i can't help it but it's the, the idea of continually picking on a player, Morgan Gibbs White, he was a scapegoat for a bit as well, for yeah. no reason whatsoever. Absolutely, yeah. And I, doesn't I, help. Yeah, um, you know, I, 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 I'm going to have to, I'm going to probably have to spend a really lonely Friday night. I mean, after we finish recording, go, going through like all the squad lists and see if I can find them. Um, but right, we'll do my silly one. What was one the now. question we've missed? Was that, so, is that the one? Okay. Yeah, so my silly one uh, from Todd is, if you could only use one word for the rest of your life, what word would it be? I'm going to go for mal- malarkey, only because you can usually tell if I've done a tweet on the fan cast. Well, I do a, a decent amount of them. Um, but if it uses the word malarkey, it's been done by me. And I only know this for I, I I can't remember in what context, but I tweeted it and a mate messaged me about ten minutes later saying, 
I just know that was you. I was like, what do you mean? Because like, it was like a bit of an opinionated one. He went, because I don't know anyone else who'd use a stupid word like that. So I'm going to have to go for malarkey. So sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm a bit slow here. We've, we can choose any word. One word, just, yeah. Okay, okay. You can be as blue as you like. No, not at all. Shall I go next? Because uh, I'm, I'm old and I'll forget this word if you don't let me go next. Okay, my <laughs> word is positivity. Okay, and yeah. I'm old. And it's took me nearly 40 to 50 years to realise how important positivity is. I've been a sad sack for about half of that. And then now I've realised how important positivity is. And I'll just give you an example. I run my own business and uh, sort of retiring now. And I've got some suppliers that are fairly new. I've only been going to them about 15 years. And when I uh, decided to get the supplies from them, I thought, you know what? I'm going to be Mr. Positive whenever I go to this supplier. I'm going to be Mr. Happy when I walk in that place. And I'm going to completely change my dull and boring persona with this supplier. They have become the best supplier. They give me so many free gifts, so many little things that I wouldn't have got otherwise. And it's all because they enjoy seeing me. It's positivity. And that's my word. It works. Be positive. When you go to the Wolves, be positive. There you okay. go. That's I'll take that. I'll take that. <laughs> that's great. <isn't> <laughs> <laughs> Jafo, how about you? Um, a similar sort of I always like hope. I always just have hope. So, Good yeah, word. I just think things yeah. always just look for that change and just try and, yeah. like you say, with positivity and like stuff, just keep looking forward. Don't, don't worry about the things that you've done in the past. Just keep moving forward. Things just can only just, change. Sorry, there's quite a few people hoping hoping that Wolfie never comes on the podcast again. So I, think <laughs> oh, I, don't, I don't know about that, mate. No, no, it's, no. it's been an absolute pleasure. Hope. Let's hope. <laughs> <laughs> so, how about you, mate? I'll have to bring it down now. I just love the word knobhead, and I don't know why. <laughs> I, it's great. Sorry. You weren't, We've had you weren't positivity. Me, right. I was, I was, I was needing that. Sorry, you weren't thinking positivity of me hope. That. I'm going to have to go knobhead. Sorry, guys. <laughs> is that, I was going to say, is that your, um, your insult of choice usually? Or is it like more yeah, of it's just great. It just works. Like, I mean, it's not like it. overly offensive, but it's great. It gets, it gets the job done. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Can't dispute it. I've been called that a few times. I've been called that a few times. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Next question we've got up is from Gaz Roberts. So, do you see Raul leaving in the summer? I personally think he isn't enjoying his football, partly due to lack of service and probably due to confidence. Um, Personally, I don't see him leaving in the summer, just because I don't quite know who'd, who'd buy him at the moment. But do any of you see him moving on? Um, in the summer, no, no I think, I I think he's doing fantastic, hasn't he? Considering what he's gone through, yeah. I think give him another he's, he's great a, season, yeah, yeah. He's having a quiet spell. I, I think with Raul, I was thinking about this because I don't think he wasn't great last. I mean, I will say his hold up plays fine, all that sort of stuff, great, but he plays better when there's someone really close to him. He was best form for Wolves, it was generally with Jota, wasn't it, as a two up top, mm. and I think. The best we've seen him this season is when Quang was next to him. You know, I think they really fed off each other pretty well. And I think maybe he doesn't quite get that with, with Neto and, and and Trinkau, possibly. Um, so I think he's a little bit more isolated. But um, I, can't, I can't see him leaving, no. Maybe Trinkau is going to get him some crosses and he'll get a couple of headers and, and we'll not worry about it anymore. I can't see him going, no. Absolutely not. No. 
Yeah. No, me, me, me neither. Um, let's say we've had a couple of questions that we've covered in the show. So we had one from Bradders about um, how we've kind of matched up to Arsenal and the credibility and things like that, and I guess and their downfall. But I'm going to end the question on goalkeeping question because I, I, I enjoyed it. Links to yesterday, and it also links to Steve as well. So we've gone full circle. But why is a six-second rule for goalkeepers never enforced? Well, it is. Um, it's just that six seconds is longer than you actually think it is. Um, but it is enforced. I can assure you, it's there. They do enforce it. Oh, uh, well, I can't remember. I can't remember last time I've seen it enforced. It, well, okay. Um, I'm probably wrong in the terms I've used. They are counting, and it is being watched. But you six seconds is quite a long time, and it probably when you want them to hurry up, you probably think. They've overstepped the mark, mm. but you, you you try it in a calm moment and see how long six seconds actually is. It, it it's a fair old time, really. It, my my one point I will make is I think it's too long. I think they should make it less than six seconds. That would be my point with that. Mm. I think I definitely need you something to sort of tighten it up because yeah. it does get a bit ridiculous, you know. Because yeah. at what point do they technically count? Is it when the goalkeeper's standing up with the ball when he's that's got to the edge point, of the yeah. box? That's my point, yeah. 100%. Yeah, exactly. Once, once well, you see them, they claim across and they fall on the floor, don't they? And they yeah. fall on the floor, then they get up and then it probably starts. Yeah. So, you mm. know, maybe they're taking about 12, you know, 10, 10 12 okay. seconds. But... I, 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 you're probably right there, Tom, to be fair. I, I, I think they need to change. I think my reply to that would be we need to look at six seconds being too long. Yeah, Let's it face make... it, there's, there's too much wasting time now. Let's look at the game mm. and find ways of stopping some of it. I know we're guilty of it a little bit, but I don't like it. Let's let's find ways of stopping it. Yeah, it, it is really silly. It feels like it's kind of quite a... I'm, I'm, it isn't an unwritten rule. It is in the rules, but it almost just feels like something we all know it happens. But say I, I, I can't remember a goalkeeper ever like you know Ramsdale must have done it yesterday, where he'll have held onto it for like 15 seconds just to kill a bit of time and slow it down, whether he you know lay on the ball or whatever. But it's say it seems quite arbitrary. Like why six seconds? Why not five or ten? Do you know what I mean? Like what? Why we? It, but we all kind of we all know it. Like, if we were at a pub quiz or whatever, it's like, how long can a goalkeeper hold on to a ball in the box? We'd all know it's six seconds immediately, despite the fact that it has no relevance to any other numbers in football, as far as I'm aware. Well, I think the answer to that is the fact that a lot of these laws were made quite a long time ago. Yeah. And um, the game is changing. I mean, I love watching star soccer. I mean, that's the, the era that I used to play football. It was a completely different game. And some of the law, some of the laws that were being used then are still being used now, and they're not appropriate. The game mm. is completely different now, so that's probably where they need to look at. Oh, look, my fish light's just gone off. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I think some of the laws are a bit outdated now, and that's probably one of them because it's, I don't think time wasting was such a big thing in my day. It's uh, it is now, isn't it? It's massive. Well, I look really it? white as well now, don't I? Yeah. I look ill. <laughs> I was going to say that the, the lighting change has made a bit of a difference for you yeah. there, but um, yeah, I was going to say there's, there's hundreds of rules that you know just don't say it doesn't marry up to the 21st century. But uh, no. we'll we'll end the show on that note. Um, big thanks to everyone who's listened uh, to today's show. We will be back um, to preview the. Is, I want to say Leicester. 
he would play the week after. Um, I was going to say kind of catching up with all the games, um, but also we'll be pre, we'll be reviewing the Spurs game as well, um, middle of next week as well, because um, it's on Sunday and it's Valentine's Day on Monday, and I don't think my wife will appreciate me trying to record a podcast on Monday, so that might be in the bank for Tuesday. Um, Big shout-outs to our sponsors, Pixel Yeti Media, and also to the 90 Min Football Network. Um, as mentioned, if you're interested in the Forza Football app, our link's in the description. And make sure you check us out on uh, social media for all your Wolves, Lols, and Trolls. So that's at Wolves Fancast on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Um Big thanks, Steve, for joining us. Um, no doubt we'll catch up soon. Um, to Thank you for inviting me. Thank you for inviting me. It's been a pleasure. Really thank nice you. to meet you, Steve. Yeah, oh, you too, Jabot and Tom. Thank you. Cheers, um, mate. And it's goodbye from Tom. See you, guys. <laughs> it's, good, it's goodbye Sorry, from Jeffo. Okay, goodbye. <laughs> and it's goodbye from me. See you next time. <laughs> Who would be a Wolves fan, eh? I'm going to 